Welcome in to the Tuesday Night live stream. We're on a little bit early tonight because, uh, you know, Jerry Hamilton wants to take take out some uh, college football playoff committee members and, and tar and feather them right away, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's get started. Hi. Wait, 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 wait. Where you get going, Jerry? Uh, where you get going, Jerry? I'm Bobby Burton, joined by Jerry Hamilton and Rod Babers. This is a Tuesday night live stream uh, sponsored by the Bills in Texas. We appreciate them. Matt, now I'm going to segue in and let Jerry go and talk about this, which was uh, about 30 minutes ago now. Uh, It is the new college football playoff rankings. Uh, Jerry, it has Texas at number seven, Oregon at number five. Ohio State sits in between them, but the Buckeyes don't figure to, to be much of any uh, have any kind of chance here to get right. in the playoffs. Uh, Texas would likely leap them if with a win, but Oregon sitting there at five, what do you think here? Um, I just want to say I'm boo, and I don't have anything to say. <laughs> so don't ask me any questions. Thank you. And if you ask me a tough question, I'm not saying anything anyways because my name's Boo, and I'm not as smart <laughs> as the PGA Tour golfer Boo Weekly. So thank you for having me on your show. That's Boo, is say. that what he sounds like? I take it. Yeah, I did not see it today. So, Boo's a politician, Jerry. He's I a know. politician. I know. I know. Hey, at least Reese Davis asked the question. Uh, at least Reese Davis asked the question. Why? Why? Do you, why is Oregon ahead of Texas? I mean, I, I think that was a uh, that was the thing that I think you knew Texas had an issue when that first ranking came out, and Oregon was ahead of Texas. And, and Re- at least Reese Davis put him on the spot, but Boo wasn't answering it. Um, is, you know, Texas has two wins over top 25 opponents. Why is Oregon ahead of them? A uh, boo said, because Oregon's beat the brakes off of people. Okay. Well, I'm guessing, uh, I- I'm guessing if Texas played in the pack 12, they've been beating the brakes off of people too. Nobody plays defense in that league and people are going to find that out. Yeah. Although I will say Oregon looks like an SEC team. I talked to, uh, an, uh, pack 12 assistant coach, uh, yesterday and today, and he said that's the only team in their league, it was by far the best team in, in their league, in his opinion, that looked like an SEC team. Big on both lines, uh, slick and fast at skill, uh, experienced quarterback. He said they looked like an SEC team when they played them. Yeah. No, I listen, I, I agree with Jerry. The, the Oregon argument is frustrating for Longhorn fans because Texas has almost every uh, advantage on the resume – over Oregon, except for style points. That's pretty much it. And Jerry just mentioned they got more wins over current top 25 teams. They got more wins over current bowl eligible teams. They got the head-to-head now, at least the, uh, the Texas Tech game, which is they both went up against uh, as the same opponent. So you got a similar opponent to compare in Texas, beat the brakes off of Texas Tech. I mean, straight the schedule. And look, he didn't even comment on that, Rod. He wouldn't even really comment on that when no. asked about that. Yeah, no, it's frustrating because all Oregon has, I'll admit, in their argument is they have more, they, they have wins by better, you know, style points than Texas, more style points than Texas. That's what they have. And, and they played seven teams with losing records. Yeah. I mean, the committee's told you they like style points. They want you, they want you to look good while you're doing it. In Texas, until last week, you know, against Texas Tech, they weren't dominating opponents. We were complaining about how they weren't closing out opponents. Yeah. And strange to say, this committee is it, right now. They're penalizing Texas for that. They're penalizing Texas for that that close K State game. They're penalizing Texas for that close U of H game. They're penalizing Texas for being up twenty to twenty one points 
and not closing out teams. I don't like it. I'm not don't don't kill the messengers. I'm just telling you. But that's what they're penalizing Texas for. Hey, by the way, and uh, uh, Michael Ortiz, I agree with this comment at 639. You can tell Boo didn't even think FSU was a top four team. Just easier to throw them in and uh, then get kicked back for leaving them out. Look, the committee probably, you know, look, they probably want Louisville to handle the business they don't want to handle on this. Let's be real. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, if Florida State happens to win, they're going to be in. And, and it's hard. And I don't think they're. I think they're going to get beat down uh, against Georgia uh, or uh, Michigan, uh, and they probably don't deserve to be in because the team they are now is not a top four team. But they're going to put them in if they win. They're not. They're not leaving them out if they win. Paul, I, Jerry, when we had Paul Feinbaum on this morning uh, on the coffee and football, he said that he would leave Florida State out. He says they're a shell of what they were. Let me ask you this though: What if Texas is? beats Oklahoma State, but Quinn Ewers gets injured in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Did you want to and, – and Florida State loses. Should Texas then be out and Ohio State in over Texas? I mean, we got to think about that because yeah. once you take a 13-0 team out of the playoffs, that – I mean, that – look, I, football is – and I do believe this in my heart of hearts. Football is the ultimate team sport. And, yes – if you took Vince Young off the 2005 national championship team, Texas would have been good, really good. Yeah. Texas wouldn't have won the national championship. No. Um, and so I, I get that. I don't, I just feel like, I, I feel like you got to reward a team that goes 13 and 0 in a major conference. I mean, mm-hmm. I, and I'm not, I'm not one of these guys that I want Texas clearly to be in. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'd fight for Texas over Oregon, for example. Uh, but I wouldn't necessarily fight for Texas over a 13-0 and Florida State. I mean, what if what if Michigan loses its quarterback in the fourth quarter against Iowa? Well, Iowa won't score. So it won't well, matter. Well, but, but are you going <laughs> to I'm messing with you. Michigan, a 13-0 and Michigan out without yeah. C.J. McCarthy? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I just think that the minute you start going down that, that path. Now, if they have the same record – Different story. Well, yeah. So here's the thing. I think I think the thing, even though Ohio State is six and Texas is seven and Bama's eight, um, um, I think if Texas handles Oklahoma State, if there's if it's between Ohio State and if FSU loses, it's between Ohio State and Texas getting in in that scenario. I think Texas is going to get in over Ohio State. Yeah, no, Texas will jump Ohio State. But the question is, here's the problem for Texas. If Alabama beats Georgia 23-21, it's they're telling you right now Georgia's going to be ahead of Texas. That's the problem Texas has. So you better be a Georgia fan and you better be a Louisville fan Saturday. That's all I got to say. I don't know about that. I Because then they have to take into consideration head-to-head. There is no head-to-head other than Texas Tech. I know. For, or, or, and that's even tra- that's not even a, a head-to-head. That's just transitory. Yeah, I, uh, I, I hear you, but I hear you. But you know what they just did? Uh, Ohio State was undefeated, uh, hadn't played a really good schedule. And Georgia hadn't played that schedule, but they lost close at Michigan. They're pretty much telling you they think Michigan and Ohio State are about the same team. They just had to move them down because one team lost the game. But I get what you're saying about the difference being Texas will win the Big 12, a conference championship. 
All right, uh, this super chat from KD35. I am the best. Boo Corrigan is the Brett Yarmark. That guy has absolutely no football IQ whatsoever after hearing his resume of Texas and Oregon. Uh, that's exactly what you said earlier, Jerry, when yeah. we were off before we even got on online here this 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 evening. You were just like thoroughly unimpressed with the guy. Yeah. I mean, if that's that's who they're trotting out there, they got to find a better spokesman. Maybe that's who they want to trot out there because they know he's going to say nothing. <laughs> All right, here's for Internet Shrimp. Uh, seems the committee has different standards depending on which team they look at. It makes it very difficult to predict the final ranking, even with a Texas win. It, I, I don't know about that. Here's my worry and concern about all of this, guys. Um, how do you keep out a, a Texas team that beat Alabama head-to-head if Alabama wins? Yeah, at, at Alabama by double digits. Yeah. yeah. At Bama. You can't. I, I, I still believe Florida State loses, Texas wins, Texas is in. I believe that. No matter the outcome of Alabama, Georgia, Washington, Oregon, Michigan, Iowa. It doesn't matter. Texas wins, Florida State loses, Texas is in. Yeah. That's where I come out. I agree. Yeah. I think with Texas, you look at that win. I think the stat was by uh, Joe Klatt that the top five teams are 31 and one at home this season. And that one loss is Texas at Alabama. It, it The more chaos that happens in front of uh, Texas, whether it be you know, but let's just say that Oregon uh, pulls the upset. Let's just say that – I'm sorry, Oregon pulls the upset. Oregon's favorite. Let's say Washington pulls that upset, whatever. Let's say that Bama pulls the upset too. Uh, Florida State loses. The more chaos, I think, it helps Texas because Texas' resume starts to look stronger and stronger the more chaos that happens in front of them. I do think it will help Texas that if, if Georgia loses and Bama wins. I think it helps Texas if uh, Washington loses and Oregon wins. Um, I think all that helps Texas have more one-loss teams out there. I agree with Dirk Vader here at 644. Uh, if we could pull up that question, or the, what he said, his comment. They really do not care. It's a no-win situation for them. That's why the 12-team playoff. This is what I've been saying for weeks. They have the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card of all time right now. They could say, look, guys, us 13 guys, we did the best job we could with the task that was handed to us. That's why we're going to a 12-team playoff. We got a 12-team playoff next year. We did the best we could, guys. So they have the ultimate get-out-of-jail-free card this year. It's the last year they have to do it as a four-team playoff. And they're saying, look, we, this is not – we signed up to help this process. We didn't create this process. We helped create a better process. That's what we should be focusing on. Not you teams that – no, nah, I can't say what I was going to say. Not you teams that, you know, took it. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like – I I I, th- I think there's some validity to what you're saying here, Jerry, um, because if they don't have, they're not held to the next standard of the next year. That's a totally different set of circumstances. I, I, I get it, and I don't disagree with you. Um, all right, uh, this one from Justin Yarrow. If we get left out of the college football playoff, it's just some guy, some the guys can be pissed off about going into the bowl game and next season. What are y'all's thoughts? I think it's more than that, though. I mean, this one stings a little bit. If, if Texas gets left out and has, I mean, if, if particularly if Texas gets left out and is in Alabama is in somehow when Al, when Texas has a head to head win, you can, I, just like Texas used to get the benefit of the doubt when Mac Brown was there. 
and they would jump Cal in the BCS rankings, right? The opposite is happening to Texas right now. If yeah. if Alabama were to jump Texas, even though there's a direct win. Um, Isaac, Isaac Darden has a good question. If Oregon wins, uh, but um, FSU loses us, uh, Texas still in. I think so. Look, I don't, I, so I think that's, uh, he's asking, maybe I'm wrong if I'm, but somebody else mentioned Washington. Look, Washington's hanging on by a thread right now. The committee has them at three because Jordan Travis got hurt. Else I firmly believe Washington would be four right now. Um, Washington, if they lose, they're dropping behind everybody else because then the committee's going to say, you know, look, they, they were hanging on by a thread, hanging on by a thread. And they didn't, you know, at the end of the season, Oregon was a much better football team than they were. So I think Washington is going to fall to that nine, eight, nine range if they lose. They're not going to be in the conversation at all. Um, I really think it comes down to, uh, you know, it, you want to be a Georgia fan and you want to be a Louisville fan Saturday. That's my best thing I can say for Texas right now. Let me ask you all this from Forrest Eldridge. Never did I think that winning two and a half conference games with a backup quarterback, Malik Murphy, would be a bad thing. Of the top seven teams there, uh, only Florida State has won a game with a backup quarterback this year other than Texas. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. One of which is the number 24 overall team in the in the BCS right now, Kansas State, by the way. Yeah. They beat Malik Murphy, beat Kansas State. Yeah. yeah. That's, that. That's a good argument, Bobby. That's a good point. <laughs> you want to take that up with Boo and tell him about it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Boo would come back with? Well, Mr. Hamilton, uh, uh, Alabama beat those big, mighty South Florida Bulls with two quarterbacks not named Milrow. <laughs> <laughs> what did he, they beat him like 10 to 3? Yeah, and Nick Saban looked like he was retiring walking to the locker room at that game. <laughs> All right, hey, guys, we, we want to say thanks real quick to our sponsor. Each and every Tuesday night live stream is brought to you by the folks at Energy Texas. Energy Texas is for Texans, uh, by Texans. They have a flex plan right now uh, that allows you to choose your energy plan. Uh, even in the winter months, you can switch the plan back and forth, whatever works best for you. Give them a call at 855-461-1129 or go to www.energytexas.com. That's Energy Texas, Texas Electricity, done right. All right, that thanks there. Thanks to them for each uh, sponsoring each and every Tuesday night live stream. Uh, this one from DC History. He has a little bit of a different take. I'll let you answer this one, Rod. Guys, Texas has no one to blame but themselves. We spent the last month playing with our food while Oregon spanked teams. The narrative has been building. Some truth there. There's some truth yep. there. There is. No, there's no question. I mean, Texas is being penalized for those. Close games, those games where they were up 20-something points. And it was fine when we was – and I agree with, you know, the person in the chat there. It was fine when it was just us talking about it. But I heard several national shows discussing, man, why can't Texas put opponents away? Uh, that national narrative, it does penetrate the college football playoff committee. I mean, that's essentially what they're talking about. That's their discourse. And it was pretty obvious at one point that was uh, a, a huge kind of, I think, uh, at data point working against Texas was that they couldn't close out opponents when they were up 20-something points. They didn't lose those games, but I don't think people dived into that the back, that a backup quarterback playing had several injuries. You know, they don't really dive into that. They just kind of hear the national discussion happening, which is, man, why can't Texas put these inferior opponents away? And it hurt Texas. They're being penalized right now for it. There's no doubt. Style points until last week against Texas Tech, 
that style points wasn't really something that Texas could add to their resume. I will say now it is a common opponent with Oregon that you had against Texas Tech and Texas by far and away looked way more impressive versus Oregon. But one was, I heard them talking about this too. One was early on in the season and one is later. So that's kind of a, a talking point too. They go back and forth, but there's no doubt that Texas common opponent versus Texas Tech. That was a huge way uh, to at least add to Texas's argument. Let me ask you, I want to stay with you on this rod. Uh, because I feel like there's something to be said here. If Texas is jumped by Bama, cancel all future non-conference opponents and schedule Portland State and Hawaii, just like Oregon. Hmm. You won't what have you to think? worry about it, I think, once you go uh, yeah, to I, I, Alabama key. certainly That's doesn't have key. to pay for it, apparently. Well, no, well yeah. here's the key, though. There's a 12-team yeah. playoff. So the committee's exactly. going to be like, we're done with that. If you're a three-loss team can get in now. You won't have to worry about it. I agree. You'll get in. You'll get those two teams in. It won't be a discussion at that point. But I think that's a great topic. Yeah. By the way, by the way, so just to be clear, um, Oregon's blowout wins were Utah, who had quarterback issues this year, right? Uh, Shocking, their starting quarterback was out for the year. Uh, Whittingham's a good coach, by the way. Cal, what was Cal, 4-8 this year? Um, Arizona State, three and nine this year, and had no offense at all, like no offense at all. Uh, Jaden Rashada, their starting quarterback got hurt. I mean, what does Oregon sound like? TCU last year? Yeah. How many, I mean, how many backup quarterbacks did they play? DJ Ugalele plays like a backup quarterback, so that should probably count. Um, Lincoln Riley is a backup quarterback this year as a coach, so that should probably count. Uh, <laughs> wow. I wow. mean, you know? Cherry's on fire today. Wow! <laughs> wow! Hey, a uh, couple of couple of other questions that a couple that I wanted to get at, and I want to get y'all's thought on this. Uh, this from E. Kim Jerry. He's asking uh, with the bit that Arch Manning played against Texas Tech, could he have the most advanced set of tools a freshman, true freshman QB could have? I want to ask you that, and then Rod, I want to get your opinion uh, as well, uh, since you've competed against some of these elite freshman QBs. Jerry, you start. Um, look, I I thought there's in our comment, uh, one of our followers here, Damon Graham, a former high school coach, comment. he made a comment that really struck me, guys, about Arch. Colt McCoy with NFL size and an NFL arm. Hmm. I, I would say, you know what? That's not a bad comparison, honestly. And if that's what Texas has, then that's pretty good. <laughs> What yeah. do you think, Rod? Did you see that in all of five passes and 15 handoffs? Uh, I mean, he's definitely advanced beyond the years of a freshman. That's pretty obvious, right? You see the command he has of the offense. I mean, I don't know how many reps he's gotten, you know, with you know, with the first team, second team, that kind of stuff. But, I mean, he just looked like he had great command of the offense. Um, he also, you know, he, he, he has a quick release. Jerry's talked about this, too. Uh, man, that's kind of one of his X-man abilities. He can get rid of the football really quickly. Uh, and I think that's going to help him in the RPO game. Shark loves the RPO. That's his, you know, that's kind of the the engine of his offense, the RPO-based passing game. Uh, it, the, the quicker release, the quicker your hands are. Shark talks about that being one of the traits he likes. So I think that will fit, just kind of easily make it compatible within Shark's offense. And that's something you can do as a young quarterback. You're not reading a lot of defenses there. You're just reading a defender, putting one a defender in conflict at the second level makes it easier to, to process for a young quarterback. Not that he'll have issues processing. I think he'll be fine with that. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he looked he looked fantastic. He looked great, and he's he's athletic. I mean, he can move around. He can extend plays, second reaction plays. Looks like that's something that he'll add to uh, his repertoire as he goes on. But you know, those high level quarterbacks. Chris Jones was a high level quarterback for a different reason. They're all different, right? They all have their own X Men abilities. They have all their own thing that kind of sets them apart. Their own traits. Um, and for Sims, it was he had a cannon. I mean, he just had a, a gun. I mean, he could separate shoulders with that thing. <laughs> um, it, w- it wasn't always used, uh, you know, correctly with him. He probably should have learned how more touch with the football, things like that. But that's his X Men ability. Uh, for for Arch, I think it's his quick release, um, and I think it's his his athleticism and ability to keep plays alive and to to scramble. I guess it's going to be something that you see as a huge asset. Because Sark usually doesn't encourage his quarterbacks to do that. We saw Quinn do it this year. And it was a huge asset. All right. I, I, I think that Rod touched on the thing that gets me the most fired up as much as anything about Arch, and that's his athleticism. He's, he, I told you I want a college coach to call them, right? Slick. Yeah. I was like, that's interesting. He, he don't, you, don't, you don't evade the pass rush like he did. It wasn't so much that the first third down that he made was a, via a run, okay? By the way, Texas, I think, was three of 12 on third down versus Tech. That's crazy. They weren't successful. Arch Manning was two of those three. Wow. One of them was the third down pass to Jonte Cook. The other was a third down run where he took off on third and two and, and uh, ran straight up the middle. Uh, so, uh, you know, he's he's got a little something to him moving the ball. But I, I feel like the athleticism, the escape to the right that he had, is just a different factor that most high-end quarterbacks do not have that are true throwers of the football. You're either one or the other, typically. He may have a little bit of both. Uh, Here's a good point, uh, Smart uh, RN1. After the brief viewing, any player not trying to ride Manning's coattails is a fool. We are Texans. Texas. (laughs) Legends play here. What starts here changes the world. All right, uh, this is uh, the one I agree with perhaps as much as anything anybody said. Yes. 80-35. What's the point of even having rules in the college football playoff format if nothing actually matters? Not head-to-head, not top 25 wins, shaking my head. This is a fundamental problem I have. If they don't go with conference champions, as is laid out, and if they don't go with the head-to-head, as is laid out in the rules, like somebody saying, oh, well, if Alabama beats Georgia, Georgia should still be in. What? They're both 12 and one, or they're both 12 and one at that point. Yeah. And Alabama has the head to head. Oh, well, you know, they're the two time defending champ. So what? It's a new year. Yeah. I, I agreed completely with KD35. Yeah. It's, I, uh, I, you know, it, I think it's interesting that you know that Oregon started out ahead of Texas, and Texas has not been able to close that gap at all. If right. you're looking at it from that standpoint, it, it was it was up to Texas to try to close that gap with some style points, and Oregon was able to keep that separation with style points. Right now, I think honestly, the only thing that can help Texas right now is it's just chaos, man. We need it. Yeah. We need chaos in front of Texas because Texas resume is strong. And then the end, if you got a lot of one-loss teams, and it gets right? down the strength of schedule, best it looks even win. stronger, man. Just because of all that stuff you're talking about, it looks even stronger. That one win in Tuscaloosa, that's what they need at this point. So I'm, the, I'm just rooting against Chalk. I'm just rooting against you. It may be possible that Georgia can stay ahead of Texas. That would be insanity. That would, 
Yeah, that that would I don't know that would that would make no sense to me. That'd be stupefying. I wouldn't get that. Um, but the, I guess the only justification would be if it's a tight game, right? If it's if it's a game that comes down to a game when he field goal goes to overtime, something like that. Maybe they could justify it that way. But other than that, I think chaos is what you got to root for, guys. We got to root for Florida State to to lose. We got to root for uh, you know Oregon to end up you know winning. That helps because Washington has no loss, and you got to root for. Bama to beat Georgia. I think it all helps. I do. That's just my opinion. Yeah. At this point, all the all, all the sense y'all are trying to make of it, it's not helping. Right. Y'all are yeah. pointing out all these great stats, man. Straight the schedule. What about straight the schedule? What about common opponent? What about top 25 uh, wins? What about yes, yes, Texas has all those checks and they're still behind them. <laughs> they're still behind them. They're telling you, they're making a statement right now that if it goes right now, goes chalk, you're out. You're yep. done, you're out. You got no yep. shot. That's it. That's you it. Need, you need multiple data points of chaos, guys. I'm telling you. That's the only way the community's going to come around on. Actually, all these teams, man, Texas actually got the best resume. It's the only look, way. Look, here, here, here's, here's the thing uh, after what Rod said. Georgia wins, but very close. Last second field goal to beat Alabama. Last second. Alabama looks better, which I don't think is going to happen, by the way. Looks better in that game. Georgia has to struggle, kicks last second field goal. Woo! Got by Nick. Once again, 23-20. Uh, Texas beat him by 10 in Tuscaloosa. Uh, 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 at that point, with a Louisville loss, what are you going to do? I mean, it's I mean, Oregon or Washington take care of themselves. The loser's going to fall behind Texas. Um, you need a Louisville loss. Nothing's changed. But you want Georgia to win, but Alabama play them really, really tight. Now, if Alabama, if Georgia goes and beats Alabama by 17 or 20 points and Alabama can't move the ball on them, um, then, you know, if Texas has to have a little help, they're going to struggle to get that help. All right. We got a little bit of debate going on here, guys, uh, amongst the fans in the chat right now. Cancel the Michigan and OSU games coming up, says Peter Young. Uh, tired of the college football playoff talk. Texas should have beat OU. Amen to that in some ways. Yeah, I don't think I think you're preaching in the choir on that one. Uh, but then this one from Burt Reynolds: People saying cancel UM OSU are smooth brain. W's and those get you in the college football, the 12 team college football playoff with two or three losses, and are easily forgiven if you handle business in conference play. Does that change when you go to the 12 team playoff? Is he is he right in that regard? I, I think he's 100 yeah. percent correct. I, I think there's. I think there's more advantage to playing that game in the 12-team playoff than not playing somebody. If you go, if Texas goes to Michigan and wins next year, even if Michigan's not the 12-0 team and they're a 9-3 team next year with all those losses, they're still going to be a good team. Jim Harbaugh knows what he's doing. He's recruited really well. If Texas goes to Ann Arbor and beats a 9-3 Michigan team, ranked 20 in the college football playoff, then plays the SEC schedule, and they're sitting there at nine and three at the end, and there's one spot left. I think it helps that you played one at Michigan. I, I, so I think with the 12 team playoff, things are going to change. I think you want to keep that game. I don't think you want to play two of those games. Like that's why I said Florida's got the worst schedule of all time next year, even if they were looking at being a, a playoff contender next year. They have Miami, Florida State, and UCF. That's not what you want, by the way. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, let's ask this question. And I agree with him also. Braylon, you guys are making some good points today, by the way. Uh, what from Braylon Barnes? 
Washington is just Texas without a loss. Getting <laughs> close games, but getting it done. No, they are. If they beat Oregon again. It helps our case, right? We'll make style points null and void. I don't know that it helps because that automatically puts them in no matter what. Yeah. Um, what happens? Hey, what happens to this? Oregon's up by 20 against Washington. Bo Nix get injured gets injured in the third quarter. Yeah. Things like that could could change it. But he's right in that Washington has yeah. narrowly escaped more than one game. No style points. Yet main maintain the rating. And the only four, the only undefeated team they're ahead of in, in Power Five conference is Florida State. And that's only like Jerry said earlier, because Florida State lost its its quarterback. Yeah. Otherwise, Florida State would have been rated ahead of Washington. But if Washington loses, they're out. I mean, they're, yeah, they're, they're done. They're, they're done. done. Um, so if Washington without a loss, I agree. They don't have the style points, but man, all you got to do is keep winning. That's why that Oklahoma game, man, if you just won it, it none of this, none of this matters. None of it matters. And um, what Washington's yeah. doing for them is they have the the win over the number one, one loss ranked team in the playoffs. <laughs> they do. That's indeed correct. All right. This one from Dusty Taylor. Um, is the, and, and this goes into to that question exactly. Isn't this one of the more difficult years to rank teams more deserving than those of previous years, in my opinion? LSU won a national championship with two losses. So, yes, I think this is one of the more difficult. There's a heap of teams. Essentially, the top eight have one loss or less. When's yeah. the last time where five power five conference or eight power five conference teams have one loss or less going into the final week of the season? It hasn't happened to my knowledge in the last 15 years. Hey, hey, let me ask let me ask a question just for fun, because we are having fun here. Of the teams ranked in the top seven in the college football playoff, if they had gone to Tuscaloosa in week two, knowing Jalen Milrow, it was his first time starting as a quarterback, how many of those teams would have won at Alabama by 10, game two? Not many. Nobody's going to ask Boo that question because he's going to say, oh, Oregon's got a really good quarterback. Next question. <laughs> hey, I, I got some other questions I here. Mean, I'm serious. Who would have beat him? Michigan? Because their offensive line would have dominated? Maybe. Would Georgia in game two with the new starting quarterback have won at Tuscaloosa? That's a really good question, actually. Washington wouldn't have. Florida State wouldn't have. No. They don't match up well with Alabama. No, probably Ohio State and Michigan because of the offensive lines. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, uh, this from one. Is Chris Del Conti on the committee? I thought he was. I don't know if he is or not, but he has to recuse himself if it has anything to do with Texas. I mean, that that's the same in basketball. On the basketball committee, if your team comes up and is talked about, you have to leave the room for the NCAA tournament. Well. So keep that in mind uh, as you talk, as you think about that and go forward. Um, you know, what about this, guys? Where do you think Texas, and this is from Zach Delgado, if Texas is held out of the, the, the playoff, what New York six game would y'all want to see us in? I'll answer. There's two different answers here. Yeah. The prediction, according to CBS, most recent one, would be the Fiesta Bowl. Okay. Yeah. So that would be that that would be their prediction currently uh, for that game. Now they're also predicting that Oregon gets in over Washington, and it would be Texas 
versus Tulane. Uh, okay. Tulane is Fiesta Bowl. So this one, this may not be popular at the comments section, but if if in that case, bring on Tulane. Get me to 13 and one. <laughs> get me to 13 and one because they aren't playing USC and Texas ain't gonna get about 50 to Tulane. Just go ahead and bring on Tulane in the Fiesta Bowl. Let our guys be mad. Uh, hit Michael Pratt, who's future NFL quarterback on some level, uh, and get that 13th win, finish four in the country, and move on. Let me ask you this, though. Mm-hmm. This is from Daniel Kinneman. Now, Rod, you got to ask this one, given Jerry's uh, supposition. Do draft-eligible players sit out a New Year's Six game that isn't a playoff game? Yes. You think they will? Yeah. I mean, the culture is good and everything, but <laughs> money it's, is it's, money. Time, it's time to go. Yeah, it's time to go make some money, especially if you're playing against Tulane. If it was a sexier game, that guy argues goes against Jerry's argument. It was a sexier opponent. Maybe they'd be like, oh, hell yeah, I want some of that. Actually, I can put some draft film out there with this guy. He's going to get drafted too. Now with Tulane. So I, I'm not, I don't know how many guys would decide, but I guarantee you there'd be more than there'd be more than a few that would decide, yeah, you know what? Um, I'm, I'm moving on. But that's okay. It happens to every team um i think in that situation yeah probably won't happen to Tulane because they're going to be excited to be there Robert, oh, yeah, Mason, yeah. Uh, thank you for the super well, chat. the thing though bobby hold on here's the thing we never you never have to you have to consider though will any Tulane guys jump in the portal and not play in that bowl game that are starters that want to go make an il which Tulane doesn't really have they can wait until the spring though they could. They could wait until January to do that. Jerry. They could. But there's a lot of spots that fill up before then because this portal Ooh. stuff is instant. Boy, the, the portal is going nuts right now. I don't know if y'all – Will Howard put his name in the portal, guys. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. That was wild. Well, Avery Johnson's going to take this, this five. I mean, that's, yeah, but still, Rod. I mean, yeah. two-year starter, won a conference championship. Yeah. Nothing sacred, brother. <laughs> Nothing sacred, bro. Rod with, Rod with the, the knowledge there. Robert Maislin, thanks for the super chat. Uh, this one from Jerry Gibbons. Uh, why are we not talking about the committee screaming that they like the Pac 12 more than the Big 12? Oregon, uh, Utah was a better, is a similar win for Oregon as Texas going on the road and beating Alabama. Y'all buy that? I mean, in retrospect, that looks funny, even that they said that. That's weird. It was just bizarre. Yeah. I think that they thought Alabama was down is what they thought when they first started the rankings, and now they can't go back on their original thought, even though it's it's been found to be wrong. That's my my take on it. That's a good point. That was a national narrative after Texas beat Bama. I remember that. It's like, ah, man, Nick Saban, he's losing it. Bama's down, and then, you know, Bama's still Bama. And Nick yeah, Saban Bama goes back. Look, I'm one of those. I thought Bama would lose three games this year. I'm one of those. I was one. I just thought I and look, they obviously could have, but they Nick Saban finds a way to win. Now, should and they have got, won? Should they have won Saturday? I don't know. I mean, who who completes fourth and goal for, from the 31? Well, that, that defense was so atrocious. Rod, you know you would have. What would you if that would have been you on that play? And that happened to you. Would you show your face around Austin? Oh I mean, man! Seriously, no, I, think about that young man that got burned for that touchdown in a rivalry game on fourth and thirty, and you I were know. the quarterback on that play. What would you? What are you thinking oh. yourself when you go home that night? 
I mean, I might think about transferring. That might be. <laughs> Just going back to that transfer point. That might be something I think about. But no, honestly, on plays like that, and I've said it before, I would encourage DBs and I think to interfere. If you don't think you have it, interfere because the refs don't call it. They don't really call interference on plays like that to end the game. They don't. It's like NBA refs. They don't want to call a foul on a game winner. They'll let you go, and they'll you, you can you can tug and push a little bit. And if I was that DB, I, he probably should have. It was, a, it was an amazing play by the, the 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 receiver, but yeah, that DB man, that 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 was a bad defensive call. The defensive coordinator put him in a terrible position. You got to go after Jalen Monroe, man. You can't let him sit back there all that time. All right, Jerry Hamilton, this question is for you from Kabir Hussein. It's a recruiting one. Will the outcome of the game between Texas and Oklahoma State affect Kobe Black's? pick the young cornerback out of Waco Connolly, uh, whose brother uh, plays for Oklahoma State. Uh, we haven't heard that he's actually seriously considering no. Oklahoma State, have we? No, 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 we have not. Um, I think Texas is still in a good spot there. I think uh, once uh, Texas and Oklahoma State advance to the uh, Big 12 championship game, uh, he, he probably, him and his family decided this isn't the week to commit. Let's hold, Let's wait until next week. Yeah, I mean, look, your older brother has an opportunity. Corey Black has an opportunity to play in one of the bigger games of his life. Do the right thing by him. Hey, right? by the by, by the way, for for a little bit on that Oklahoma State. So DJ McKinney, one of their starting corners, is the younger brother of Anthony Cook, and then you have Corey Black, the other starting corner, uh, is the uh, older brother of uh, Kobe Black, obviously. So some interesting. Ollie Gordon, the running back for Oklahoma State, grew up playing youth sports, football, other sports with a lot of the guys on the Texas team. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of things talked about, I think, on the broadcast about some of these uh, similarities, uh, some of these players, how they know each other, DJ McKinney's brother being Anthony Cook, as long as these guys do the research. Corey Black's younger brother is one of the top 40 prospects in the country, uh, could be leaning to Texas. So if they if all these guys do their homework, they're gonna have some pretty cool things to talk about. Hey, we have a tweet that just came out from John Bianco, sports inspiration director of the University of Texas, that I'm gonna read here. Heard the college football playoff discussion about common opponents. Was curious, so hit refresh on Oregon versus Texas Tech. Only difference in that game was Red Raiders failed two point conversion with Ducks ahead 31 30 with 110 left remaining. Tech threw a pick six. With 35 seconds left, okay, thirty loss. How about John Bianco taking a shot? He stood Good up, man. man. Stand up, taking John. That lucky. Like you go, bud. He's like, you know, <laughs> you know what that was? That was John Bianco and Sark and them sitting around talking. And Sark's like, I can't say it. I should have said that on the interview. John Bianco's like, I'll take care of it. Because <laughs> we're, we're talking about the, the crazy thing is this is a national like discourse. So you guys gotta, this is, you gotta put that out there, and then. Others who are obviously engaging in this discourse will pick up on it and they'll start repeating those little facts and those talking points. And you need people saying that stuff on on, on Texas side, obviously uh, arguing for Texas side and making a playoff. And that is a brilliant point that nobody's brought up, right? Nobody's mentioned that. Hey, but Boo's got a response for that. Have you seen Bo Nix throw a forward pass, son? All right. Uh, John Bianco there with the tweet. Uh, here's one from uh, Justin Yarbrough. I believe the big non-conference games are big for the college football playoff and recruiting. Kids love big games. Keep playing them, I say. I agree that these early non-conference games, uh, there were 
there was a line of recruits at the Alabama Texas game, guys. I mean, just what what the over a hundred at least, Jerry, right? Yeah. And a lot of them weren't 2024 prospects. They're in years to come in in the deep south. Uh, that's going to matter. Uh, believe it or not, a lot of a lot of guys are going to matter. No, no doubt. I mean, look here. Here's the thing for Texas. I mean, here's the great thing about this season for Texas and Sark. And and, and they're going to get a lot more mileage out of this, by the way, if they win Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. How many times did te- they show a Texas player or Texas in the promo at 6 o'clock when that show came on air? It's been a long time. Next week, if Texas handles their business, there's going to be real conversations. Some people, some people making points why Texas should be in the playoff. These things are big. All these kids are watching this unless they're playing basketball. They're watching this. They're seeing it. Then if Texas finishes five in the playoff ranking, they're going to be talking about it for a month still. They're going to say, here's the four teams. Texas is part of the national conversation. That this season, as long as they go handle their business and finish that this off, meaning finish it off to the best of their ability. This season is huge for future recruiting. Um, and it's not the same because of NIL, right? The game has changed a little bit, but what this season's creating, I guarantee you, you're gonna have more kids want to come take a look at the University of Texas than in a long time in recruiting. So the and the advantage to that is Texas gets a better evaluation shot at more kids. One of the best things about Nick Saban, the way he won at the level he did at Bama and kept getting guys drafted, which Texas is going to have guys drafted this year, is every kid wanted to come take their chance. They were willing to run 40s at that camp. They are willing to put their hand size and their arms, their wingspans, get on the scale for Nick Saban to have a chance to play at Alabama. That he got to evaluate every kid he wanted to. And I think Sark's getting closer to being able to get more of those kids on campus and they can really evaluate, truly evaluate every kid they want. And that benefits your program if you're good at evaluation and development. Rod, I, I, I want to ask something to Rod here. I've talked to you about your recruitment, I followed your recruitment, and even called you on the phone back when you were in high school to cover your recruitment. Okay, so did you answer Rod? Did you answer Rod or no? He did. They, he, <laughs> he and Jerome Sapp always answered. They Jerome really did answer. Yeah, they answered. Hey, but question for you, for you, Rod. Um, and I don't know that I've asked you this one before. 
How did the media affect your recruitment? The positive publicity that Mac Brown was getting at Texas, the other recruits that were going there, and you saw some media results from that. How did the media affect your recruitment and why you chose Texas, or or did it not at all? Uh, that's a great question, and I think it was influential. I mean, Texas became when Ricky Williams was the Heisman. Um, Matt Brown comes in as kind of this young, brash coach. I, I think it did actually influence a young, you know, 17, 18-year-old uh, Rod B because uh, it became kind of a cool university. When I was coming up, Texas wasn't considered that cool. That's I'm right. telling you right now, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't wearing Texas gear as a kid in Houston coming up. That wasn't one of the cool universities. Florida State was in that conversation. Um, you know, back then, hell, Colorado was actually randomly one of my favorite schools back then. I mean, there were different schools that were on my – you know, radar as a young college athlete, Texas wasn't one of them. Uh, but I will admit that Ricky Williams run to the Heisman and a lot of the, remember Ricky Williams got a lot of publicity coming out. I mean, because he was kind of the rebel with the cause and Mac Brown used that. He rode that wave of momentum and that media hype. And Mac had some big wins early on, right. Uh, over like Nebraska and stuff like he, so he had some signature wins. So I, I, I will say that, I don't know if it was my you know top, one of the top most influential factors in me choosing Texas, but it definitely was part of it because I remember Texas becoming, having the cool factor and the, it, the, had the it factor once again, and team and, and nationally people were talking about Texas and locally people were talking about Texas again. I mean, honestly, I put A&M in my top five thinking yeah. I'd honestly becoming an Aggie more so than becoming a Longhorn, but um, because of Mac Brown and what Mac Brown had done. And I put Texas up there because my dad loved Texas. Dad loved DBU and, and, and Texas was becoming, they were ascending to being kind of an it school again. And now look where the brand is. Um, not that the brand wasn't always great, but it was definitely going through a reinvention process at that point. Like it was right. It did. It had lost a little bit of its, its, its gleam and its shine. And can can I say, no, hey, Rod, this leads me to this, Jerry. This is a great one from take a seat. Do the past 13 years of Texas football change the perception of who Texas is in the eyes of the playoff committee? And I absolutely think that's the case. Yeah. Yep. Hey, by the way, can I follow oh, up you. on what Rod said? Everything he just said right there is why Jimbo Fisher got shown the door before he had a chance to beat LSU. A&M had to get him out because if he went and beat LSU, they were, were going to have a hard time firing him. That's why he won 52-10 and they fired him. They couldn't let him get to that LSU game. Because if he did, they would they couldn't they wouldn't fire him at eight and four. And the reason this all went down is because Texas is becoming a cool school again. Yeah. And they know it. Yeah. Everything Rod's saying here, I'm seeing in recruiting right now. That's the change. The last 13 years, it's coming back around for Texas now under yeah. Sarver in this season. In recruiting, coolest currency, right? That's why primetime was doing what he was doing. Now some of the luster is off of primetime a little bit. But at first it was like, he's so damn cool. Don't you want to talk to prime and hang out with prime? Coolest currency. And Sark is cool, right? With the shoes that he wears and the way he carries them. His you know, wife makes sure she's a you know a fashionista, so she keeps him dressed all fly. Sark has got a cool factor to him. Yes. And he's using that cool factor. I think one thing that makes Sark so cool is – and, and we talked about how authentic he is, right? We like watching his uh, media availabilities because he gives you actual substance. Like he's not trying yes. to just beat around the bush. He also lets the players be themselves. You know, I love the, the F around and find out. 
the way they broke the, <laughs> the team up in the post game after the tech game. And it turns out that's been something that the players have been, that's been one of their secret mantras all season long, right? F round and find out because all the trash talk and everything. I love that. And they made some t-shirts apparently and that kind of stuff. And I love that Sark will let them do that. And he won't be worried about how other people see it and the perception of it. Matt Brown, early on in his uh, tenure at Texas, before he evolved into being a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame person, too. I love me some Matt Brown. He was very concerned about how people perceived his team and the players on his team. And he like he didn't want, you know, your hairstyle a certain way. And he didn't want dreads and braids until Cedric Benson came and didn't like earrings and tattoos. That's kind of stuff like that. And I think he was doing it with the best intention of there are people out there who don't judge my players for their character and for their actions, they judge them by their opinion. That's just wrong, and I don't want that. I don't want have to deal with that when they get jobs and stuff like that. So, forty year old Robbie understands it, but at the time, I think it led to Texas having somewhat of a, a, a disingenuous, inauthentic culture. And I'll tell you why: you can't have a, a real, authentic, genuine culture unless everybody can be themselves. That's right. Feel comfortable being who they are, and that's dressing who they have to dress and having their hair however they want to have it and whatever that may be. And early on, Mac was a little uncomfortable with that for whatever. I think I said, I think it was the best intentions. Like, hey man, I want everybody to see these guys as you know young professionals, that kind of thing. Um, and then when BY came along, BY got Mac into, hey man, let this team be themselves. Loosen up. We jamming 50. That's what hell before the game, Mac would jam. I think it was like Leanne Womack, like let her yeah. dance. <laughs> I hope you dance. Remember that? Like Mac was he was real big about that. We want to be classy. I'm like, man, that's not that's more about just being being ourselves, having fun and winning games. And Stark is all about, hey, you guys have fun, be yourselves, let's go out there and win the games. That's why I think his culture is winning game for him. Mac's culture won game for him later on, right? Later on in his tenure, his culture was winning games because he had established a real, genuine, authentic culture. Because where the players like in BY let him, hey man, let the players be themselves. And then, you know, I think even that Cole McCoy team, it was a player led team. And Mac understood that. And Sark understands that early on in his tenure. Let these guys be themselves. If they want to have a secret mantra, F around and find out, who cares? All right. It's their thing. I, we once, um, you know, gave Mac the option because the leadership council would always pick the themes. And we wanted to be uh, fit, like F it. That was going to be our thing because we like F everything. We just want to win games. All we focus on. It was our thing. It was, you know, something that's for us. And Mac said, no, we're going to make it wit, whatever it takes <laughs> for its annual theme. And he changed it. Well, nothing wrong with that. But Sark wouldn't have changed it. Sark would have said, yeah, this is y'all's thing. This is what y'all want. It's us. This is what it's about. We don't care what everybody else thinks about it. We'll let them think what they want to think. And I, I appreciate that about him early on. And that's why I think his culture is so is so substantive. Good stuff, Rod. Good I agree. Stuff. 100%. I had a comment from somebody in here. Uh, this one, and I agree with this. The chat tonight between everybody on there and the discussion, tremendous tonight, guys. Uh, good stuff. Um, hey, let me ask you all this uh, from Texas Football Horio. Uh, do we think Sark is scheming to run up the score like crazy on Saturday? Well, I, think like that's, I think that's two part. I think, one, he's scheming to win the game. But if he has a chance to run it up Saturday, he damn sure is. No question about it. Gotcha. Hey, th this is a great question, too. Think of this one from Mock Schnell. Would Texas be in a worse position if it lost to Bama but won all its other games? I mean, what would Texas be, ranked eighth? Yeah, that's yeah. a great question, actually. Yeah. Um, I guess I bet they would be ranked higher – if they would have beaten teams worse, well, here's as the opposed to just winning all the other games. 
You, you know what hurt? You, you know, know what, what had our style points worth more than actually winning on the road at some level? Well, here's the thing. You know what's hurt what? Texas worse than anything this year? OU losing two games. Remember we were talking about this way back? If OU had held up their end of the bargain instead of celebrating mm-hmm. like they had won the national championship for four days, exactly. if they had held up their end of the bargain, they'd be three right now and Texas would be six. And with a win, Texas is for sure getting in. Yep. Oklahoma ain't in the bed twice is what's hurting Texas more than anything. Amen, brother. Because if they were able to beat 12 in Oklahoma Saturday and avenge their loss, they're in. Yep. And that's why when Lowhood fans were taking joy and Oklahoma losing, I did not. I was sad about it because I was like, damn it. Not only is your revenge gone, but there's your de facto college football playoff quarterfinal gone. Yep. Gone. Yep. Now, now, now you need all this kind of help. You wouldn't need no help at all. You ain't even been able to spoil Oklahoma's national title run. Oh, it hurt me. It did. Hurt me. Now, now for Texas fans, if you know the the consolation prize is they're going to sit at home and watch Texas versus Mike Gundy Saturday. So you know, uh, I guess there's that. Yeah, <laughs> but it's now, not instead of losing that game to Bama, uh, theoretically, Mark Schnell. Burt Reynolds says Texas should have run up the score on Bama instead. Well, they, <laughs> they could have beat them by more. Good point lead at the end of the game. They could have beat them by more. Remember, they they started out that game slow, dropped touchdown passes. But they were they, they 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 we talked about this too, man. That there were chances for Texas to actually be up, you know, three scores. On right, Alabama. Lewis Guerrero asked Michigan, Florida State, and Washington win. Great question. And Alabama beats Georgia. Who gets the fourth spot? Ah, if Texas wins too. Add Texas winning too. Right. I think Texas gets the fourth spot in that. Ooh. How did? How does Texas not get the fourth spot? They beat Alabama head to head. I know. Damn, they've been they, in, I in think, Tuscaloosa. Uh, be, be, a lot of people are saying somebody's saying UGA. I don't think if no, Alabama beats, it, conference yeah. championships matter. If Alabama beats UGA in under that scenario, Georgia's out. The question is, is Texas or Alabama four is the question. Oh, if you don't count head-to-head anymore, I, I mean, nothing is sacred, guys. Nothing is football doesn't really matter anymore. We might, as well, we might as well do simulations from now on, damn it, just to get up playing the games. Like, what the hell? Like, come on, man. That would be insane. That would be insane. That would be insane. That would be wild. Yeah, I agree. I, I just can't – I can't I almost, fathom. I, that's, that's the scenario – I almost want at this point after listening to Boo for this scenario to play out. Yeah. All right. Now you're going to have to answer some questions. What you got? (laughs) I got nothing. He ain't going to have nothing. He's going to have nothing. Here's one. This piece in through Michael Ortiz. Utah went toe-to-toe with Baylor. That is (laughs) – I mean, I'm telling nine Baylor. I I, I know. And he kept Aranda. Like I mean, Jaquindon Jackson was in the Heisman conversation for five minutes after that hey, game. Hey, Jerry, oh, uh, yeah. conversation topics just a minute. Um, have you heard anything on the U of H job of late? Uh, who's who's going to possibly get the Houston job? You know, some be- Vegas betting lines came out today and had Cliff Kingsbury as the favorite over Jeff Trailer and Gary Patterson. I saw that. I, That's- be, I bet it's one of those three. Well, Kingsbury makes a lot of sense. He was the offense coordinator there for uh, Kevin Sumlin. Yeah. Um, and uh, obviously has head coaching pedigree. 
I just, I mean, I, I think it's going to be interesting. This sounds like Jeff Trailer's not getting a job this year. Uh, no. a, a year after turning down or two years after turning down mm -hmm. Texas Tech, uh, Baylor not opening, Arkansas not opening. Mm -hmm. Bobby Petrino going to be the next offensive coordinator at Arkansas? Josh, I hope That so. one today? That, That's that awesome. River? That's, That's awesome. Crazy. After after wow. getting in a motorcycle wreck on campus, he can apparently oh, you can go home. You can't go home again. Well, the important yeah. thing is they're vetting him. <laughs> oh, they're vetting him. Oh, okay. They're <laughs> vetting him. <laughs> what are they checking the motorcycle for new scratches? He's called yeah. Vet, Google him. Just Google him. Yeah. Vet him. Google him. <laughs> All right, we got some more questions. Thanks for everybody joining us. I want to say thank you to our sponsor uh, real quick uh, before we uh, get to more questions. That's uh, Energy Texas. Uh, reach out to them at energytexas.com. Right now they have a flex plan available to folks uh, that allows you to choose your energy plan and change it each and every month to fit your needs. Uh, call them at 855-461-1129 or visit them at energytexas.com. Energy Texas, Texas Electricity done right there's some people in here saying john bianco's making a good point guys uh let's go jb facts uh for john <laughs> bianco hit him up bianco let's hey. go let's go johnny boy uh, stuff in here. if john saw this he would laugh i'll just john I'll be honest. uh john's a good guy i've known him by for, the by the way on that u of h oh, job uh, kingsbury and gary patterson have one thing going for them they don't have a buyout Oh, that is good. You're right. It's interesting. Yeah. Two, two to $3 million is two to $3 million at U of H after firing Holgo. Especially after U of H, yeah. Agreed. Hey, Des Garrett, Des Garrett has something here. Feinbaum also said Georgia and Bama should be in if Bama beats them. We talked to Paul this morning. He says Florida State shouldn't be in no matter what. Right. That's yeah. That's his workaround, guys to getting well, Texas as one of the four with these other guys. So uh, he feels like Texas should be in alongside Georgia, Bama, and I guess Michigan and not Oregon. So Feinbaum says to hell with deserving. I just want the yes. best teams. I don't give a damn yes. about what you deserve. We, uh, we're going with the best teams. So, I mean, that's, that's a good argument. All right. Fair question here from Ryan coming in. Do you guys think there's any worry of a letdown on Saturday? Everybody seems so happy just to make the conference championship game. I don't think they consider it house money from here on out. What do you think? Any worry of a letdown, no. Jerry, Rod? I, I think they're going to be more motivated than ever. They've got they got through that tough stretch. They're playing with a lot of confidence. Uh, I think they're a little bit healthier team, um, and I think they want to look. I think they want to finish the mission. I mean, the, I mean Matthew McConaughey had the best line of all time for for college football teams. When the Big 12 is your goal, when the national championship's your dream. Texas is one win away from achieving the goal to start this season. I don't think there's going to be a letdown at all. I think there could be some nervous energy early on in this game. I don't think there's going to be a letdown. These dudes are going to be ready to play. They're going to be locked in. Um, and, and they want to they, – they want to the, – here's the motivation, too. Here's the extra motivation. You're one win away from uh, achieving your goal. And then you put pressure on the committee to see if you can go chase your dream. Yeah, I, I will say just watching Oklahoma State, this is just one of the least talented Oklahoma State's team they've had in a long time. I agree. 
It just and <laughs> that's why honestly it might be one of the best, if not the best coaching job Mike Gundy's done because he's been there. I agree this with is that. A marvelous coaching job by Gundy. I always say coaches are problem solvers. He just started solving problems. He ended up getting getting this team all the way to the Big Twelve title game. This guy started off rotating three quarterbacks, basically doing odd. He did tryouts during the season. <laughs> like, yeah, he murals. <laughs> yeah, he did tryouts during the season. Like, ah, right, we'll figure it out. We got it. We'll figure it out. So he's a he's a fantastic coach. They will have a great game plan against Texas. Uh, he's playing a little coy, but he'll have a great game plan versus Texas. I just don't know if they have the talent. They could make it interesting potentially. Down the stretch, maybe they it's a bad matchup for them because they're a run first football team. We've seen Texas against even when Tech was coming in as a run first team. Give Taj Brooks some credit, he made some plays, but they weren't able to really get any offense or uh, offensive rhythm going. Alan Bowman completes less than 60% of his passes, got more interceptions and touchdowns. Ali Gordon, this Ali Gordon show, and Texas has the best rush defense in the conference. It's just a good matchup for Texas, and Texas has proven even if it's close. I trust this Texas team to make clutch clutch plays in critical moments. I'm going to say this as it relates to Ollie Gordon. Is he a special player? Is Uh, that why? Is that? I I watched that game against BYU, guys. I I think he may be close to being a special player. And in that regard, I think that's, if you want to just boil it down, Rod, you're, you're not wrong. They are less talented overall. Than they have been, but sometimes when you have a downhill rushing attack with an elite downhill rushing running back, the I mean Texas probably wasn't really nine and three good, Ricky Williams senior year. Yeah, good point. I mean, the, just to be fair, right? But they won the Cotton Bowl run going away. Sometimes those downhill downhill running backs, if they just wear on people. And they're that good, you have a problem. Credit the Zane so. Petty. Credit the Zane Petty. I've been thinking about this all week. I don't think, um, I don't think Ollie's a special player. I think he's a notch below that. To me, he's not Ricky Williams. He's not an Adrian Peterson level talent. Barry Sanders. Name a few more of those guys. I don't think he's that. I think he's a poor man's Eddie George. And maybe it's because he wears 27, he has long arms for the position, but I think he's a poor man's Eddie George. And in today's day and age of college football with the spread game, I think that makes him as close as you can be without being that guy. But the oh, the issue with Ollie Gordon, here's the thing. Um, there's a reason he wasn't the, the primary focus back to start the season. He wasn't putting forth the effort. But one – but once they gave him the rock in the game and changed that run scheme, Rod, you watched it the more of a pull yeah. two power run scheme mm-hmm. and put him in there, that dude's blossomed. But the reason he he wasn't the guy to start the year for them is he wasn't putting in the work. So that's the only thing that makes me question. I think he's got the ability to be, but I, I see a poor man's Eddie George. I like that. See it. But the All problem right. is, like somebody else said, Oklahoma State doesn't have that offensive line that <laughs> Eddie George had at Ohio State. No, he don't, they don't. Uh, this from John Morgan. Listen, all that needs to happen is Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Texas to win and Florida State to lose. If that happens, we are in the college football playoff. Washington or Oregon, yes. Yes, sir. I agree. I agree. I agree. That's, but we're talking about a couple of different scenarios here where I, I think everyone's in agreement, John, with what you're writing there. Okay, the question is, what happens if Alabama wins? Or what happens if Oregon wins? 
Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden Texas, Texas resume is not as strong as Oregon's at that point. Oh. You know, we'll have to see. Uh, all right. Uh, some other questions that uh, are in here uh, I need to get to and want to get to. Here's one. Isaac Darden. It's a myth that text that great teams blow everybody out. Close games are a part of the journey as different circumstances arise throughout the season and you have to make the journey. Uh, you have to make the adjustments. I agree. Tough games are a part of the journey uh, and it makes you stronger, more resilient, etc. Makes you focus during clutch time. Yeah, That's probably the biggest single factor. You figure out who your guys are. If Adonai Mitchell can make a falling down on his to his, the ground catch on third and long to secure a game, if you can run the ball out against Alabama, if you yep. can stop a team four times inside the 10, uh, like they did against Kansas State, that is part of the journey and part of who you are as a team. I totally agree. Look at Georgia last year. We brought this up so many times, but a lot of people said, well, Texas, after the Bama game, they should just go blow everybody out. Georgia won 26-22 at Missouri last year and 16-6 at Kentucky and won the national championship. They're clearly much – last year they were clearly much more than four points better than Missouri and more than ten points better than Kentucky. But in those two games at different times during the season, you know, they won by, by four at Missouri last year and won the national championship going away. Yeah. So he's right. I 100% agree. Hey, maybe Washington ends up winning the whole thing. I don't see it, but they hang on every week. They had no business beating Oregon. Landing went for a lot of fourth downs. They were beaten in first downs, total yards, passing yards, rushing all, all the way down the box score and won the game. And they could have lost two or three other games, but they've kept winning. Maybe that happens one more time Saturday. I don't think so. I think it's going to catch up, but maybe. They're clutch, man. Like Texas, they're clutch. Yeah, you're props for that. Hey, here's one from uh, Cinco de Mayo. Omari uh, Abor, defensive end out of Duncanville from Ohio State, is hitting the portal. Will Texas be in on that one, Jerry? What they didn't think? push for him in high school. I don't see them pushing for him now. I think they have uh, better players. Interesting. All right. Uh, Aloha, Traveler. Sark cost the Aggies $75 million. True, false. Uh, True. True it's, question. It's it would have been sixty-seven it. if they waited another year. I think it's I'm going to put that question. I'm gonna, I think I'm going to put that question up on the. I'm. Gonna, that's going to be my poll question for YouTube this week. Did Sark cost the Aggies seventy-five million? Hey. I wonder how many votes that'll get. All right, Chris, <laughs> Chris Denman. What up, guys? Well, I agree with Rod Babers regarding OSU's talent, Oklahoma State's talent. Gundy scares me. He always gives yeah. Texas a tough time. Got a feeling he will have his guys ready. Man, I think so, too. The yep. only thing that, that is a little worrisome, if I'm an Oklahoma State fan, other than the fact that I'm playing Texas, that two overtimes is a tough row for people the next week. Yes. You all agree with that? Yes. That's a lot of – And a comeback. Know, a and a comeback, too, though. Right? Yes. Experience a lot of emotional energy. Like, you're exhausted emotionally after that, coming down off a high. I'm with – listen, Gundy is one of the best coaches. You could argue – He's the best coach in the Big 12 if you want to. You really could make that argument. It, it's you a, can. It, yeah, you really could. Man, he's that good. He's he's a like I say, he's a great problem solver. Like I said, early on in the year, started out rotating three quarterbacks and settled on Bowman as his best option. And Bowman's not that great. Right. But they found a way to win games. I'll give you a little nerd stat real quick. So according to uh, post-game win expectancies, 
Oklahoma State has been the luckiest team this year in college football. Their nine wins is 4.2 wins above their expected win total of 4.8. They find a way to win when they're not necessarily supposed to win games analytically, which obviously I think, I think um, hell, Gundy's one of the people that mocks analytics probably anyway. But what I'll say about him is he has gone out of his way creatively multiple times to set himself apart from other coaches in this conference. You know, the first time the three high three down defenses identified is not with Iowa State. It's actually with Oklahoma State. They were the first ones that actually broke it out as a concept. And that, that has been identified on film like way back in 2016. Mike Gundy's been dibbling. He's got to go find a, an offensive coordinator in Shippensburg. Is yes. doing that. I mean, he is a he is a creative outside the box thinker. So all the things that we've identified as vulnerabilities on the Texas roster, if any coach can find a way to exacerbate them, it will be good. And now he doesn't have the talent to necessarily exploit Texas right. that way this year. But I, I think his game plan is going to be on point. I think it's a game plan that we'll look at and go, man, that was a damn good game plan. I don't know if they had enough to beat Texas talent wise, but the game plan was on point. He'll have them ready to go. You know, the, the most interesting thing he said in his press conference, other than the dig about the Texas offering Ollie Gordon 12 hours before signing day, was kind of funny the way he said it. He gave Texas a really strong compliment because he got sick of asking about the sweat and Murphy and how Oklahoma State was going to block him. And he 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 changed direction, said, you know, one thing y'all aren't talking about special teams. Texas is <laughs> plus 300 yards in punt returns and punt and punt returns this year. Plus 300. He said that is an amazing or exceptional stat. He said something like that. And that kind of took me back because I don't think I've looked at uh, the breakdown of who's plus minus the most in pump return yards in college. He knows. Here. He knew. He knows. So if you're <laughs> worthy, you better start working towards those hashes because that ball's not going to be punted to the center of the field Saturday. All right. I got one more comment here before we get going, guys. Uh, this is going to be from PC. Louisville is a better team than FSU without a starter. Huh? FYI, Louisville beat Notre Dame 50 to 20 this year. Yep. They can actually pull this off. Yeah, I mean, the, the line is going down, right? It started yeah. at five. What's it? Now, what's that I think now? it's down to two. Uh, so here's the thing. Here's the way I look at that game. The simplistic view without – having Rod break down eight games and, and, and throw the magical stats at us that he has. Mm -hmm. um, Louisville's going to score more than 15. They're not going to bonehead Billy Napier uh, down the field against uh, Florida State. Brom's going to score more than 15. He's got a good quarterback, Jake the Snake Plumber's kid, good running backs. The whole key for them offensively, Florida State can rush the passer in multiple places. Verse, Peyton, outside linebacker. They can rush the passer. If Louisville handles the pass rush and can stay out of the third and longs when 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 or the second longs when FSU is going to bring their heat, then I think they can score 24 to 27. If Louisville can get the 24 to 27 points, can Keon Coleman in the punt return game at wide receiver, can uh, Wilson, Johnny Wilson, make a spectacular play? Or can Trey Benson break a couple of runs on – can they do enough to score 25, 26, 27, 28 to win that game? I think that's going to be interesting. So if Louisville handles the FSU pass rush and they put up 24 to 27 points, I'm not sure FSU scores that much on them, guys. Maybe – I mean, Louisville had 410 yards, 405 yards, and Kentucky 283. They just turned it over three times last week. Yep. 
If they play a clean game and score 27 points, I'm not sure FSU can get to 28. Maybe I'm wrong. All right, a couple more thoughts here. Oregon, and this from Fresh Prince, Oregon benefited from a tango partner in Washington. The resurrection of West Coast football and the eyeballs Dion brought the big the Pac-12. Big 12 outside of Tex Texas has lacked national juice, has hurt us. Completely Man. agree. That's where Rod goes back and says, I wish OU would have held up its end of the bargain. Yeah. And he's right about that the West Coast, right? The Pac-12, the irony, right? The last year. Yeah. yeah been, the last year of the Pac-12, they have arguably their best year and a lot of great quarterbacks in the Pac-12. So I don't know if the countries ever have watched this much Pac-12 football in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. And, D and he's right. When Dion beat TCU, that brought so many more eyeballs to Pac-12 football this year. Yeah. College game day was in Boulder. When's the last time college game day went to Boulder? Man, since Rod B was coming out of high school. <laughs> <laughs> Alfred Williams and Canavis McGee. You don't even remember those guys from Houston. I mean, Rod B. So, I mean, yeah, Dion brought a ton of eyeballs because everybody just wants, oh, what? How's Dion going to do this week against USC or against whoever? I mean, that helped the Pac 12 greatly. It put more eyeballs on the Pac 12. There's no doubt. I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I do too. I, I agree. And I, I think that Texas not having a tango partner, as he put it. Great is, description. You know, you need a you need a mutt and a Jeff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, you got to have right. both. All right. Hey, here's, here's the last one from Juan. Remember, and, and a lot of people make fun of me because I can work myself up into being worried about an yeah. opponent, an opposing team. Juan is out there trying to help me calm myself here. Remember, Texas didn't have the second receiver. That's a div difference maker last year against Oklahoma State. They have one this time in A.D. Mitchell. They also, you know what else they have? They have a quarterback that started 15 games now. Yeah, 21. Yeah. Instead I mean, look, three. here's the thing. They were, no matter how good you are, they were starting two true freshmen in the offensive line last year, right? Um, Hayden Connor, was he a first-year starter last year? Yes, absolutely. They had three first-year starters on the offensive line. Two of those guys were freshmen, right? Gunnar Helm was not the player he is this year, last year. He's made a big jump, right? Um, Quinn Ewers, year older. Obviously, JT Sanders, a year older at tight end. Xavier Worthy's in his contract year. A.D. Mitchell transfers in. If you just look at the offense and the change there, yes, you lost Bijan and Rojan, Rojo, but look at the changes on that offense outside of just adding the receiver in terms of experience. I mean, that's massive. That's yep. massive for this Texas offense. And that's why I give Sark credit. You know, we have some fun. We joke around, I mean, about things. But look, they were not a healthy offense this year. And it, and even though they struggled to be 11-1 and one when you lack the continuity in the offensive line because of injuries, um, you had JT Sanders missed time. Quinn missed two games. Running back injuries. Setter Baxter was dinged all year. Jonathan Brooks is now out. Look at what they overcame to get here. That's why Sark, what Rod and I talked about yesterday, Sark loves this team because that's total buy-in by guys, man. You don't overcut. Christian Jones missed the Kansas State game. Guys have missed must-win games, and they've still won must-win games. 
Yeah. That's why Sark loves this team so much, guys. Yeah, because that those are those are culture wins, right? That's his culture yeah. winning for him. Um, yeah. guys being able to step up and there being, you know, little drop off, not a significant drop off. And you know, I'll I'll throw out there because I remember last year re-watching that Oklahoma State game over and over again. And it was one of Sark's lowest points, I think, as a coach. Uh, you know, we've talked about Sark's uh, uh, obsession with the deep ball, and it is something that he has gotten under control recently. Right, we don't see those frivolous deep shots downfield on first down in that game versus Oklahoma State. Man, that was probably his lowest point in terms of his obsession with the deep ball. I remember, uh, I think they had the most deep overthrows in that Oklahoma State game last year of any any game they had all season long. And Oklahoma State kept baiting Quinn and Sark into throwing that deep ball. Sark kept thinking, "Hey, man, we're in man-to-man coverage on the outside. I can throw this deep ball." And they could never quite make it work. And Texas often kind of they threw themselves out of that game. And then we found out later on that Quinn had a hand injury going into that game. We found out that Xavier Worthy had a hand injury, and it was like, well, probably not the best course of action to be going to chunking deep balls. Then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Bobby, I want to say one. Don't thing. don't forget, don't forget it was windy and and still uh, <laughs> water that day. Quick yeah. and Bergie. This is a great point about the college football playoff committee. 749, if Matthew can bring this question, bring this comment up, because I think this is a great comment. We're talking about Florida State losing Jordan Travis. Texas played Oklahoma. Ryan Watts was out. The center goes down on what the fifth play of the game. Sanders was limping, could barely walk. JT Cat, uh, Jalen Catalan uh, hyperextended his knee and made three tackles. When do injuries count? When do they not count? Vegas only pays attention to quarterback injuries for the most part, though. If you look no, at but I'm talking that college football playoff committee. They're talking about well, – I know, but – they not count? If you're looking at what moves the line, literally moves the line, quarterback injuries move the line. Other no, injuries no, don't. They don't yeah, really I'm not talking about that, though. I'm talking about the college football playoff committee. If they're looking at injuries – I know, but they're talking about quarterback injuries. They're not going to discuss O-line injuries and running back injuries. They only the Quarterback injuries are the only injuries right. that matter. Other than that, we're going to be doing a lot of research – yeah, <laughs> job. And then we can get in the scheme and match up. And get, guys don't want to talk that much football. They ain't got the band. Who, do, who don't want to talk about anything other than Bo Nick? Exactly. No, I agree <laughs> with you, Jerry. I'm just saying yeah, that's yeah. the quarterback. And the NFL's the same way. They, a quarterback that moves yeah. the line. Everything else, nobody pays attention but to. What, so with that said, that goes to Paul Feinbaum's point. FSU shouldn't be in. Period. If that matters. All right. All right, guys. That's going to do it for tonight. Tuesday night. This was awesome. I had a lot of fun. Thank you to all the commenters, by the way. (laughs) Tuesday night live stream brought to you by the folks at Energy Texas. Uh, We appreciate them. Appreciate all of these super chats. Uh, Wait a second. One last one came in. We are one yard away from top four. Red zone play keeping us out. Uh, Rod doesn't have enough time. All right. Hey, guys, uh, for Jerry Hamilton, Rod Babers, I'm Bobby Burton. Thank you to our producer, Matt Hutchison, behind the scenes. And thanks to all of you guys who were on tonight. Uh, And we say goodnight to Boo and other people. Hey, hey, how are you doing tonight? Hook them. Hey, Boo, hook (laughs) them.